from Seattle, Washington. I'm Zach Jabal, and this is a VinePair podcast next round conversation. We're bringing you these conversations in between our regular podcast episodes so that we can focus on a range of issues and stories in the drinks world. Today, I'm speaking with Brian Connors. He's the director of the Bacardi Center, Center of Excellence at Florida International University's Chaplin School of Hospitality and Management. Brian, that is a long title. How are you doing? <laughs> Zach, I'm doing great, man. Thanks very much for having me. This is going to be a fun conversation. Yeah. So let's start with um, just some background for people who might not be familiar with the Bacardi Center of Excellence and the Chaplin School. Can you tell a little bit about, talk to me a little bit about um, what that is and kind of how it came to be? Absolutely. You know, the we're actually approaching our 50th anniversary for the wow. uh, FIU hospitality program. And for a lot of us in the beverage industry, that last name or the name Chaplin should also ring a bell as we are the beneficiaries of the Chaplin family of Southern Glazers, Wine and Spirits. And they're just a wonderful group uh, to work with. So uh, we actually took on the name as the Chaplin School of Hospitality and Tourism Management uh, about a little over 10 years ago. Uh, and right now we are the second largest hospitality program in the United States. FIU as a whole Whole, we're a big school. Uh, we're the fourth largest uh, research institution in the United States, so we got a lot of horsepower behind it. Uh, but our world here in South Florida and our partnerships that we've gained between the South Beach Food and Wine Festival has definitely put us on the map. And of course, now, uh, a little over a year ago, we partnered up with Bacardi North America. Uh, they were very generous and gave us a $5 million gift. Uh, and within that, we created the Bacardi Center of Excellence. And our mission, of course, is to raise the awareness, to raise the education level to support and so forth, not only our FIU students uh, that are going to be pursuing careers in the beverage industry, but also the industry as a whole. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll definitely get a chance to talk about some of the initiatives that we did, but uh, from Bacardi Teach, which is an online platform that we created during COVID that's available to everyone for free, we will be having some other additional badged or for credit courses also available on there. There will be a, a minor, a, my, a small fee for that one, Zach, but it's again yeah. for credits. So it's slightly different, but we saw great success with that. We, we launched very quickly to give back, to upskill. Uh, and we've had now, I believe, over 3,000 courses taken. And if you take five courses successfully, you're able to gain your badge or you actually, this is a certificate of excellence. You gain badges that equal up to a certificate of excellence, which is great resumeable things uh, for indiv- individuals getting back into the workforce. And we've had over 200 plus uh, individuals take multiple courses and gain certificates. And Zach, the best part about that initiative is we are just getting started. We've got some great stuff coming out. Yeah, I know this is still, uh, you know, uh, as you said, just a, a little over a year old and, and maybe perfectly timed given what happened to the, you know, beverage and hospitality industry and everyone, of course, in the last year. I, I want to get a sense from you before we talk a little bit more about um, Bar Project 2021, which um, is super interesting to me in particular, just a little more about kind of the the uh, student base at FIU and, and uh, in the School of Hospitality and Tourism Management. Because I think this is something that a lot of our listeners are, some are going to be very familiar with, some may very well be grads, um, but others will uh, not necessarily know a lot about how these programs work in a modern education environment. So are your students uh, kind of uh, mostly typical college age, you know, 18 to 22 year olds, or are they a lot of people going back to school at some point in their career? Like, how, how does that kind of break out? Yeah, you know, we do have one of those great, you know, because of our, our background going into hospitality, we have one of those great backgrounds. So we do have, you know, the traditional learner that would be coming to us right out of high school. Uh, and that's fantastic. But we also have individuals that are seeking uh, their master's degree uh, that are coming directly from industry. We also receive a good amount of uh, veterans from the VI uh 
that, mm. that come in from there as well. So veterans actually come in and join us as well. But, you know, one of the best parts about our student makeup here, particularly down here in South Florida, and we're in North Miami, close to South Beach and whatnot, is the vast majority of our students are also working in industry. And we're slowly but surely seeing them coming back uh, to industry now. But our, our makeup is pretty interesting because we're 70% female. Uh, out of that, you know, we are a I would say a good majority of first generation college students, the first in their family to go to college, which we celebrate. Uh, we also have an incredibly diverse overall makeup of our student body. And I think one of the best parts about the chaplain school is that our willingness and our desire uh, for partnerships with industry. We're firm believers of bringing industry into the classroom uh, as much as we possibly can. So our students get exposed from our hotel restaurant program, to our beverage program, to our culinary program. We have fantastic partners that we've teamed up with. And that's going to be something that's a little unusual. Uh, not all schools have that opportunity. And I think, Zach, too, the, one of the best partnerships we have, as you well do know, is the South Beach Food and Wine Festival, because that's gained, geez, we're, we're approaching $32 million. This year is going to look a little different, Zach, in May. But in the past, you know, we've had amazing support, again, from Southern Glazers, but also from the Food Network and the Cooking Channel. And I mean, we can be here all afternoon talking about that list, but the students get to work with some fantastic culinary professionals. They love seeing the quote unquote foodie celebrities coming in from the Food Network and that stuff, but they are hands on and we have more success stories than we can count on such of the great opportunities they have with that. So those are just some of the really unique things uh, that take place down here in South Florida at FIU. Awesome. And I'm curious, you know, one thing that I'm, I'm particularly interested in, and, and obviously this answer is, I'm sure, continuing to evolve, but, you know, I'll be I'll be completely honest here for a minute. So, you know, I considered um, going to like a hospitality management program um, when I was coming out of high school and decided to um, to not to go to a, a different university and do a different program. And part of the reason was that in this period of time, which was, you know, basically, <laughs> I don't want to say how many years ago, but a lot of them, <laughs> uh, the, the, the view of people who went to hospitality schools was basically they wanted to, they were only interested in, or they were, they were sort of being groomed for, you know, big hotel chains, big corporate restaurant jobs and nothing against either of those, of course, but that it, but that it didn't seem to me that at the time, someone who was interested in the restaurant industry, but wanted, was more interested in, you know, um, smaller scale operations. It just seemed like I was going to be working on, you know, how do you manage a, a banquet dining program for 10,000 people, which wasn't really what I was interested in. So has that, uh, I'm sure that that is not actually true. And that may be less and less true going forward. So, so kind of just from an educational standpoint, what is it that um, your, your students are learning broadly and are interested in doing once they get out of school? Yeah, you know, great question. And I love your kind of story of building up because I was in the same boat. Uh, I did go to, you know, school for hospitality and you know, I went to culinary school and then I continued on to get my bachelor's and my master's all in hospitality because that's the world that I love and that's the, uh, you know, industry I fell in love with. But then, of course, I got that education bug and decided that developing people and creating uh, great leaders of the future was more important. But what I've seen the biggest shift, Zach, now is students learners with the entrepreneurial spirit like never before. A lot of today's learners, they look at things a lot differently. And I know exactly what you're talking about, where back in the day, you know, I went to school and up in Ithaca, New York, it was the Marriott's and the Hilton's and the Hyatt's, and they recruited like mad. And by the time I was getting ready to get out of my undergrad degree, I, I, 
I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is what it's going to be. So I took a left turn and jumped on a private yacht as a chef for a couple of years because <laughs> that's just more fun that way. But <laughs> that's, you know, that's kind of where we're at today, where we have students, again, we, we talked about they're all working now while they're in school. They get that kind of taste of what's going on in industry. But a lot of them, again, they take that entrepreneurial role. We also have FIU Startup, FIU Startup Food, uh, taking advantage of a lot of those situations. So, and we're going to see this a lot more, Zach, too, because due to the pandemic, COVID, and the shift that we've all seen, please note that I did not say pivot, uh, because of the shift that we've all seen, this entrepreneurial spirit is going to be true. And they do have courses and opportunities to do that. We also offer pods, which is called Programs on Demand. I mentioned earlier where we bring a lot of industry in, but we've launched ones with Lavazzo Coffee. We have those programs coming out. So they get exposed to all these things. And the traditional model, is broken. You know, the one size fits all education when you and I were undergrad, let's say, that doesn't work anymore. There is this tremendous high level of customization because it's not just going to be, well, I like events. Okay. We get that, right? Oh, I like the beverage. Okay, great. But now they can basically a la carte their education. Yes, of course, like major institutions, we have uh, majors and tracks and that type of stuff. But, you know, we're seeing a lot more students that will take, say my, I'm teaching right now a fantastic intro course on beverage. It's called Called Introduction to Global uh, Beverage World. And on this particular course, we touch base on the spirits world, obviously, the wine world, which we're talking about now, uh, the beer world, and of course, uh, non-alcoholic and coffee and tea. And what this does is gives them a little taste pun intended, of each one of those segments. And then they are able to kind of choose their own path. And, you know, so if you get that, as I call the wine bug, well, you continue on with our fantastic wine program that was created in the 1980s by the late Chip Cassidy and that did a phenomenal job. And we're right now in the stages of rebooting and resetting and redoing all that. But in the beer side as well, we have amazing brewing science. And the story goes on from there. And of course, uh, our spirits management track, uh, which is part of the Bacardi Center of Excellence. But what we're noticing, Zach, is that I'm getting students, and this is exactly what we wanted from the School of Engineering. We're getting students from the business school and so forth that go, no, I just thought this would be really interesting because I wanted to learn more about the beverage segment. And, you know, they probably use different terminology, but for our listeners, <laughs> that makes sense. But hey, you know what? That's what's going on now because it's not, again, this one size fits all. It's now about higher level customization for each student and they work with advisors and they, it's a lot different where you had to take, you know, this credit and this credit and this credit. No, now it's, you know, of course we have our core, but now you have this higher level of customization, which is absolutely fantastic. That's very cool. So let's talk a little bit about Bar Project 2021, because I think one of the really exciting things to me about what you all are doing is really looking from an academic perspective and a research almost perspective, which, which is hard for those of us in the industry in the moment who, yep. who have to be a little more focused on day-to-day -day survival. Um, you know, what, what the, you know, in particular bars and, and beverage alcohol more broadly is going to look like as we move forward out of this period of pandemic. So can you talk a little bit about how this kind of came to be and then maybe some of what you're working on at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and your timing's impeccable. As you know, Bar Project 2021 launched February 3rd. Uh, Andrew Zimmer was our guest host, and we kind of launched this all out to our FIU students. Now, a little background before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of it all. 
with our partnership with Bacardi North America, uh, funds were put forth to create what we call our innovation fund. And inside that innovation fund, we got incredibly uh, creative uh, and innovative and created Bar Project 2021. We teamed up with a, a great think tank group out of New York City called Alley uh, that does a lot of our uh, you know technical support because this is also, Zach, this is where it's slightly different. This is also 85% on demand. And okay. what do I mean by that? Because we are now in the Netflix prime all right, world or mindset, particularly due to COVID. So students, you know, as we mentioned, they're slowly but surely going back to work here in South Florida. But, you know, they'll be able to check out a module uh, at the end of their shift or be able to, you know, binge multiple. And that's really what we're experiencing now. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But binge modules as they go forth. And then what we do is we spatter in about 15 to 20 percent of fireside chats where we tap great industry leaders. Uh, we tap some of our faculties. They have um, conversations with them where the students can actually live stream and ask the questions right there. And the beauty of this is we're capturing it all for industry. And we'll talk more about that. But we've already gotten into the guest experience. Uh, so we've already done a module on guest experience on design thinking. Again, thinking a little bit different. Think about like all the to-go packages out there now. Think about the uh, QSR codes that are, you know, all these things, it's a different world. So we really want to kind of challenge these younger minds to kind of tap into them and say, all right, what are they seeing? What do they think is going to be next? Of course, we talk about diversity and inclusion, how important that is in the hospitality and in the beverage industry as well. So we had some great industry leaders talk about that. Now, in these coming weeks, we're going to be moving into even more relevant topics. Uh, our partners at Bacardi North America, we're going to be talking about sustainability uh, because you know, if you, you probably know Bacardi's coming out with brand new packaging that's going to be 100% biodegradable. But that's just a model, Zach. You know, we're really kind of challenging the students to think again a little bit differently. And then, of course, you know, you, you and I are both wine educators, but, you know, the importance of data analytics and how we're now using this data uh, and these consumer behaviors uh, to make different decisions, you know, and I use that reference as wine educators because, you know, for many years, you know, I was always on the road or traveling the world to cruise ships and teaching people. But these days it's all virtual and these days it's all going to be done through what the better data set is. So we're going to be developing that for them as well. And then, of course, the new world of marketing uh, and social impact and the the whole thing is going to be coming together on April 5th. Uh, we already have lined up a few of our great industry judges. There's a few more in the works that are going to be challenging the students. Now, as they come to the end of this, uh, Zach, and they really kind of, uh, shall we say, all in, they got just 100% into it. Uh, there's going to be five teams of four. And they're each going to have these individual challenges uh, that they're going to use this information they've gained uh, in the past eight to nine weeks. All right. Take their own level of creativity and innovation. All right. And put forth um, the solutions to the challenge at hand. Now, some of the challenges are still a little on the top secret side in a good way, but they, <laughs> because it's funny how WhatsApp and these other apps out there, the word travels very fast. Yeah. Um, but the industry folk, and I know like our friend Sabato Sagario, the master sommelier is going to be joining us. He's an old friend. So, you know, that type of industry expertise where he's coming from Danny Meyer and, and Bar Taco. So they're going to see these whole new levels 
of stuff going out there. And you could probably tell by my passion and my voice, we're incredibly excited about it because there's also, you know, scholarship on the table. We've learned that a lot of our learners uh, really appreciate more than ever the opportunity to win scholarship. And, you know, through the Bacardi Fund, we're able to do this. And, you know, if I told you the amount of money people needed, you'd be shocked how actually low it is. And we take that into consideration. And so that each team member would be able to reach that threshold and, and apply that right towards their education. But I think more importantly than just the scholarships act is the exposure. I mean, come on, how often do you get to have, you know, this type of interaction with some top notch, uh, you know, beverage professionals out there that are doing great stuff and the camaraderie. Uh, and it's just that the knowledge share that's going to be going on through bar project 2021 is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's really interesting to me about this, in addition to everything you've, you've spoken to is sort of how it gets this, you know, uh, people coming into the industry or interested in coming into the industry, really thinking about the industry as a ever shifting and evolving uh, sort of uh, world. Because I think one of the things too, that I found and have found um, for you know my entire time in the beverage industry is that unfortunately you get some people who kind of come to it with the idea that it's a sort of a rigid locked kind of, this is how you do things. And I think, you know, uh, societally broadly we found out in 2020 and 2021 that like uh, shit changes and and you have mm-hmm. to be prepared for that um but also that those changes allow for a lot of innovation and d- development and throwing off kind of systems that just don't work anymore or don't work as well as others and and I'm curious you know are there things that you've seen out of um either your students or your colleagues or or the some of the you know pros that um have participated or will be participating that you think like here are some things that our listeners who are largely uh, or a number of whom are in the trade already mm-hmm. should really be aware of that are that you think are going to be models for um, you know hospitality and service going forward yeah absolutely you know and what I'm going to talk about is going to get fit right into bar project 2021 because all that information and I apologize I forgot to mention we're going to uh, repackage it uh, so it's not a student centric and get it out there on Bacardi teach uh, for our for our industry so this is all going to be real time because what we've noticed now is that and I'm going to use my own term on this act hustlers will win you know, this has been an incredibly hard time. You know, you've had some great guests, not even on your show I've listened to. We have our own podcast for FIU. So you get great, you know, we all have a podcast, but it's true because this is our new way of interacting and getting information out there in this kind of crazy world we're in. But I'm a firm believer in it that these great operators, these hustlers that, you know, change their business model almost overnight, uh, they've gotten incredibly creative of what they're going to do. And our students are also embracing that and they see it, that it's going to be this new and different world. You know, a year ago, Zach, if we were talking about Uber Eats and Drizzly for $1.1 billion, people would think we're absolutely crazy. But now the students are highly aware of that. They see these new and different business models taking place again, almost overnight in some cases, and they're really moving forward. But probably the biggest thing uh, and this is through research done uh, by Bacardi USA, but also on our end, we're going to see a return back to basics. What do I mean by that? Is that, you know, coming up through the ranks in hospitality, you know, as a young food and beverage director, it was all about inventory, inventory controls. Well, no one really forgot about it, but it seemed to be a lot of that. And I'll use a very simple term here, Zach, making money uh, was like, well, I can make this cocktail that which I completely appreciate. I love creativity. I love mixology. But I think we're going to see a lot of return to basics where we're going to be looking at what's on our back bar. 
You know, what do we need to be successful? What do we need to have a great guest experience? And of course, what do we need to be profitable? Because that's what we need to be looking at because every single nickel and dime, and as you and I both know, the restaurant segment, the bar segment is a nickel and dime business. But if we are going to be accounting for every single nickel and dime, and that's where a lot of the stuff that we'll be launching coming up on Bacardi Teach, again, offering to the industry is going to be incredibly useful. And every day I start talking about this, Zach, my eyes are opening up more and more and going, oh my goodness, we're right on track because you know we're seeing it across the marketplace where slowly but surely, you know, out where you are and from, you know, California to Washington State, slowly but opening shit. Down here in South Florida, we're outdoors where we have a lot of properties open. But what we really need to be mindful of now is people, number one, uh, and then, of course, our control systems internally. Um, how well are we working in our business uh, as well as on our business? I got to quote my mom there a little bit, but it's true that we need to get these things uh, in check. And we're going to see this return to the basics. And I love that because there's nothing wrong with that because the worst part about that, Zach, is that's usually what people forget first. <laughs> so so we're going to see that coming out in this uh, next what do we got here? Eight months of return plus uh, into the, the new world as we know it. Um, one last question for you, Brian, before we wrap things up here. Um, I'm just curious, you know, one thing that um, you and I talked a little bit about um, that's a little more sort of uh, niche focused than, than sort of these broad topics, but I'm very personally curious about is um, the sort of ideas that might be out there as many states have um, relaxed various things around um, you know, around liquor laws, um, both involving maybe the sale of um, to-go cocktails, shipping in some cases, you know, every state is its own thing, which I'm sure mm -hmm. as an yep. educator drives you crazy. It certainly drives me crazy. Um, but, you know, in the some sort of smaller scale spaces, the thing that I'm particularly curious about is whether we'll see, um, you know, more or continued interest in and um, and focus on these sort of uh, whether it's takeout or to-go cocktails, maybe cocktail delivery, things like that. Is that something that, that you see a, a real future for? And, and what does that maybe look like? Yeah, um, double down on that one, Zach, because, you know, I've been quoted a few times already saying it, but the genie is out of the bottle. Uh, we're not going to be able to get that genie back in, if you know what I mean, when it comes to to-go cocktails and so forth. But probably one of the most innovative things we're seeing now uh, in many, many markets, but I'll just use the example of Reef Technologies uh, down here in South Florida and across the U.S. where they use uh, – neighborhood kitchens, or some people call them ghost kitchens. But now don't be surprised if you now see the cocktail world moving in that direction as well, where we're going to have these, uh, everyone has their favorite corner bar back in the day, but now literally that could be that corner bar that you never knew was there. And within 30 minutes, your favorite cocktail could be at your door. The challenge we're going to see with any of this type of new world of delivery is ensuring the best quality experience for the guest. Some brands are doing this incredibly well. As you and I both know, uh, to-go containers, sustainable to-go containers uh, can get very, very expensive. Uh, but again, ensuring that we have the best, you know, not all food is created equal. Not yeah. all food travels well. You know, think about pizza. That's why it's so damn good. It travels well, you know. But at the same time, you know, we're going to see brands stepping out 
more energy into larger kitchens, realizing that we're going to have, you know, this amazing green shoots movement. I'm going to quote my good friend, Dr. Chris Muller, uh, that says, you know, after a forest fire, and I said this on a podcast, but it's so good. I got to say it again, Zach, you know, after a forest fire, you know, a few weeks go by, but what starts to pop up after that devastation are all these amazing green shoots where this sudden burst of energy is coming from. And that's what we're going to be seeing in the restaurant, food and beverage and the bar segment, because that creativity of people just kind of being pent up for over a year now. Uh, But at the same time, back to the basics, like we talked about earlier, but this high level of creativity, we're already seeing it even in, you know, RTDs, ready to drink cocktails, ready to drink things like that. We're seeing new products coming out into the marketplace uh, that are can compete directly because our guests, our consumers these days are savvy and smarter than they were a year and change ago before. If you think about that for a minute, it makes a lot of sense. You know, now everyone's kind of got their own habits formed or what it's going to be. So the strong's going to survive. The hustlers are going to win on that, definitely. But we're going to see a high level of creativity and quality. That's going to be the key. The guest is willing to pay for quality. Wonderful. Well, Brian, thank you so much for your time. Really, really fascinated. Um, we'll put some links in the episode description for uh, some of the content that is available online for everyone. Um, and uh, again, I just thank you so much. Really fascinating. And we'll definitely keep an eye on what you and your team at FIU are doing. Amazing, Zach. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast. If you love this show as much as we love making it, then please leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. Vine Pair is produced and recorded in New York City and Seattle, Washington by myself and Zach Jabal, who does all the editing and loves to get the credit. Also... I would love to give a special shout out to my VinePair co-founder, Josh Mallon, for helping me make all this possible. And also to Keith Beavers, VinePair Tastings Director, who is additionally a producer on this show. I also want to, of course, thank every other member of the VinePair team who are instrumental in all of the ideas that go into making this show every week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again.